I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Welcome to the Fansplainers. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And this week, we are going back into the past. Yep, right in the past. Right to the very, well, to the very start of... uh, There you go. ...of civilization itself. No, back to uh, the 1840s, I guess. And uh, the story, the the movie we'll be covering this week is Little Women. Oh, I... uh... I, I watched Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I well. just kind of skimmed your email. You did. <laughs> you really did skim. How things. many similarities do you think there are between the two films? Um, just just off the top. Hmm. <laughs> not very many when I think about it. Okay. In fact, I would No one plays the piano. No someone one. does play the piano. Does someone play it, the piano in Big Trouble in Little China? Uh, maybe in a bar? I don't think so. Oh, boy. There's no one driving a truck in Little Women. There's no scene centered around magical powers. Okay. Uh, the mysteries of the of the Orient. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's try our best on this one then. Here we <laughs> sure. go. This will be let's fun. make this work. Let's make this work. So I'm going to assume that you saw Little Women. I did see Little Women. That you watched right. it today. Nope, not today. Oh, uh, I watched uh, Little Women uh, many weeks ago. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Oh, I see what... Ah, okay. okay. We had a discussion earlier, and it was mm. a choice between two, 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 films. two films, both of which sound like opposites of each other. I'm not yeah. going to say what the other one is. You can but say it. it. Uh, well, because we don't normally say what films we're going to do like later on. You, you or are you going to do this film maybe later maybe, on? Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm, that's what okay. I'm saying. But it's a, basically almost the opposite of what this film is, mm. and I had not Very seen that so. one, but I had yeah. seen this one. Okay. So, uh, yes, indeed. Ah. Here we go. Now, my big surprise on this, uh, because uh, you, you're a big reader. You I am like, a big reader. You enjoy the classics. I do enjoy the classics. And, but you had never read the book Little I've Women. I've never read this book, and I've, I've, I always thought of it as a book for girls. and so Because of the title? Because of the title, yeah. So, did you read Little Men? I did not read Little Men, because it's the second book in the series, so how could I know what was going on? But yeah, it's... Uh, I do feel bad about that because um, many people that I respect very much are huge fans of the book. Okay, now and here's the thing I don't understand about that because mm-hmm. you're an enormous Jane Austen fan. You're probably I am. the biggest Jane Austen fan I know. And you didn't think yeah. that that book was when you started reading like a book for girls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope. No, I mean, I did. I wouldn't have read Jane Austen probably unless, except I had to read her in college. Oh, okay. And so I read Sense and Sensibility and I t- absolutely fell in love with her writing style. And then I read, I went on to read Pride and Prejudice, etc. But, yeah, I probably would not have cracked that book because I've always would have thought of it as something for women to read. I have not read... Kind of like Georgette Heyer or, to get more recent, Daniel Steele, people like that. Okay. Not to put them as they're the same. But, you know, in terms of, like, writing for their time, the popularity of their time, they would have been, you know, Louisa Louisa May Alcott, who wrote Little Women, would have been the Daniel Steele of her time. In fact, she wrote... Before she wrote Little Women, she wrote books that were these high-spirited sort of adventure stories for children. Hmm. Uh, often with with female protagonists. Would those be in magazines, or were they? Would they be serialized? Uh, they probably they probably were serialized, but they or they just would have been published. You know, okay. Which is, which, yeah. So, yeah. So she wrote. You know, she was kind of writing sort of pot boilers of of the day. You know, and this book was something that was sort of out when she wrote Little Women. It was sort of outside of what she normally would write. But 
but unlike in the film where we kind of get a different sort of version of, of the creation, her editor was very eager for her to write write the book. Mm-hmm. You know, she he felt like it was a great story and that she would really that it would be a big seller. You know, but uh, yes, this and she ended it the right way as in the movie. Okay. Joe ends up married in the book. Okay, yeah. So that's so yeah, it's kind of fun. It's uh what Greta Gerwig does, which I think is so great, is that you get sort of her you get little women, but you also get her kind of meta take on it. Meta take on it. And she has a lot of stuff where she contextualizes historically some of the things in the film and gives them sort of a background that aren't necessarily in the in the book itself. But then I'm sure also the book which I still have not read, and I do feel bad because uh, one friend of ours that who I whose opinion I respect very much felt I should read the book first and then see the film. But I okay. but I couldn't resist my daughter's call to come in to watch it last night, so so I went and saw it. Now, did you? Uh, are you going to read the book? Yeah, I'm still planning to read the book. Okay, and I, I I've always we can talk about that then on. Uh Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, yeah, my experiences when, uh, of uh, our, the parallels. Yeah, yeah. Our main podcast. By the way, I don't think we mentioned that uh, we do another podcast called Sneaky Dragon, and occasionally we talk about movies on that podcast. The reason for this one is uh, we don't like spoiling the movies in case you want to just listen to, uh, you know, a podcast and not, not have things spoiled. So yeah. this one, we're letting you know. We're going to go through it, and we're going to spoil things and, and yes. talk about them. So heads up. I'm going to spoil this 151-year-old book. No, but but uh, only movie. a year old movie. If that. <laughs> but the movie is not that old, yes, and it is deservedly up for an Oscar. And I kind of and kind of um, after watching it last night, I've not seen Parasite, but I think I've seen almost every other film. No, well, like I guess I shouldn't say that. I haven't seen The Irishman or Marriage Story, but I've seen a lot of the other films. Okay, you haven't seen up. the Netflix ones. I've not seen them. No, I know it's which weird. is weird because they're the ones that are at your house. I know. <laughs> the but Irishman is so long. Is this hard to feel like I, you know, to book that three hour? time it's really hard um it's strange that we feel that way like you could watch two movies and not be like nothing we're gonna go see mm, a double bill yeah over oh, okay. this oh sounds great yeah i'm gonna watch a three-hour movie Ugh. <laughs> i know and it's supposed to be very and good yeah you know we've talked about like the marvel movies and whatever yeah, and like yeah. action movies nowadays last long All movies are long nowadays, uh, seems, yeah. there's never been a, a not too long james bond movie yeah but uh yeah it's eh, there's I've got other reasons for not really wanting to see that one, but I probably still will. Uh, uh, but but and, you were saying the marriage story my wife has already seen, so well, I well she's lived it. I would feel oh <laughs> ouch with someone else. You mean no, she never. And I haven't uh, I haven't seen it, so I assume <laughs> things work out great. Mm, I don't know. So uh, so yeah, so she's already seen it, so I just don't want to make it. And I don't want to, you know, but you, drag yeah, it you were again. saying you've uh, seen all the uh, movies. We just then just uh, knock that down as a lie. <laughs> and you were going to see many of them. I was going to say this one though is is I'm I'm rooting for this one. Your tip top. Yeah, after okay. seeing it last night, I really it was a movie where you know literally I literally laughed and cried during this film. I found it very very thrilling, and it was it was also there was so much love in it, and then also mm-hmm. so much so many there was some good tears as well. Like it really it rang the it rang my particular bells. Yeah, I would uh, uh, you know we've we talked on a previous podcast about how we felt about the Oscar movies. My mine is still Jojo Rabbit, then Parasite, then this one. But okay. this is this is okay. quite high up, and I, I I did very much enjoy this film, which is what we usually start off doing is saying, did we like the movie or not? And the answer to that is. Yes. Yes. Also, yes. Yes. Two yeses. We don't do thumbs up. We don't do thumbs down. <laughs> we don't grade. We don't uh, rank as in uh, numbers. Uh, we just go, you like it? Yeah. Would you, should you see it? I'd say, yeah, go, go see it for sure. 
uh, go go see her. Yeah, I would say for sure go see this film. Okay, and if you see it on the big screen, I think I think it's very worth it. Because it was a nice experience with the crowd. Very, the crowd got mm, into it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, really, nice. yeah, really quite enjoyed it. It was funny. We were sitting after the movie was over. My daughters and I were, and my daughter's boyfriend we were discussing the film. And I guess we were talking in such uh, excited tones that this guy turned around and said, what movie was this that you saw? Like, oh, we saw uh, Little Women. He goes, oh, okay. You have to see it. He goes, oh, okay, okay. Because um, we saw it at a theater that's kind of a small, a smaller community theater yeah. where they run a lot of different movies in the same theater. So the, the next film at ours was not what we were. I think it was, I can't remember what it was now, sorry. That's all right. It was something different than, than our... Sure. Uh, oh, uh a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That is a very different movie. Yeah, but not entirely different. I was somehow I thought it was an action film, but it was because we were standing outside and we heard a lot of crashing and banging, and I realized it was a trailer for for a film. I was like, "Beautiful day." In the- oh no, it's just a trailer. Of course, it, there's no action scenes in this story about Mister Rogers. Yeah, they're they're not pulling um, they're not pulling uh, whatever that Gong Show movie uh, uh, thing. Where, by the way, he was a he was a game show uh, host, but yeah. he was also an agent. That's and right, an assassin. <laughs> He's a CIA uh, agent. CIA yeah. agent. Uh, <laughs> oh. What the heck was that film called? Was it called the Gong Show movie? No, no, there was the Gong Show movie, but that was clips of oh, oh, the actual right. Gong Confessions Show of a Dangerous Mind. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Thank you very much. With a very, very good Sam Rockwell. Okay. Now, uh, before we get started, can you pronounce the lead actor's name in this? Sirsha. 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 Okay, I'm not going to get that for the entire. <laughs> Sirsha Ronan. I'll tell, yeah. you, I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you that right now. Sirsha. All right. So I'm just going to call her Joe. I'm sure, you call, can call people her Joe. by uh, by their names. Sure. Just Joe, Meg. We got Amy. We got Beth. Collect them all. And uh, yeah, and, and a nice a nice assortment Lori. a nice assortment of actors in this film. I think uh, like just a like a stellar Laura cast. Laura Dern's basically. having a good run right now. Laura Dern. I mean, she easily could have won an Oscar for this. I know that she's up for an Oscar for her role in Marriage Story, but she's equally good in this. She she um yeah, she's great in this film. The only thing that put me off this movie was. They were running ads. Like, I watch TV late at night. Mm. I, I do all-nighters writing and what have you. Yeah. And so I put on the TV sometimes, and I'll uh, be, like, you know, doing small things while that's on. And they had ads for this every ad break, and they would have ads for this three times every ad break. Wow. And it would be the same ad for it every mm. ad break. Mm. And I would see uh, Laura Dern wisecracking, uh, sitting, sitting down with... Uh, I think it was Joe and wisecracking about something about, you know, what it's like to be a woman and, and what have you. Okay. And I'm like, the first time, oh, that's great. Second time, <laughs> mm. third time, uh-huh. Fourth time, come on. And then, like, by the end of it, it was just like, I can't walk. Uh, 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 but, uh, you know. And I don't think the actual scene was in the movie. I think it was a scene that was cut from the movie. So oh, I just really? threw up my arms when I was, like, watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I have to see that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, they do their trailers before the movies are finished, uh, the yes, are finished indeed they do. So. Now, here's the the difference, of course, between this and because uh, this movie's been done well. The ad- it's been a- adapted many times. Uh, yes, before. many, many, many times. I mean, we we previously talked about this on our Oscar uh, Oscar talk. I think it's like has there been four versions of it or something more such? than that? To be even more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this one is different than the previous versions in that uh, it's non-linear. Yes, that's correct. It so doesn't, all doesn't follow the story. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all mix 'em ups. But I and I can see I don't, Greta you know, Gerwig made some choices. Uh, and the ending yeah. and the ending, of course, as you have uh hinted. you know already hinted, yeah. uh take some take some uh, ch- uh chances and uh, take some liberties with it, yeah, yes. yeah. I, but I 
to be honest, like, I, I, you know, I can't really speak to this. Not like, obviously I haven't read the book and I'm sure in the book, the linear form is fine, but I feel like watch having seen the film that it, that the jumping back and forth in time really enriches the story. And I can kind of see how she, why she did it because I think she felt that like most of our memories of little women is of the little women, like our memories in our collective, like our social you know, like our collective conscious idea is like the, you know, sort of cultural osmosis of what Little Women is about, is about young women, like girl, like young girls and their adventures. But that's only like half of the, the book. The other half of the book is about them as grown-ups and their, their ch- challenges and, and hardships they face as grown-ups. Mm-hmm. And I think that Garwig felt like it'd be better to kind of shuffle them together so that you have both kind of happening simultaneously. So one isn't overwhelming the other because the one is very lighthearted and very happy. And the other can be a little, it's a bit sad. Obviously we have Beth's, the death of Beth, Amy's, you know, realization that she can't be who she's dreamt of being her whole life. Um, Joe's frustrations and her loss of, you know, her, her loss of Lori, you know, when she realizes what she could have had and and kind of dithering over that. And, and so I think by mixing them together, not only do you get the scenes to comment on each other and sort of mirror yes. each other, especially yeah. with Beth's Give some context, sickness yeah. when she's young and that beautiful scene of, of a Saoirse Ronan, a Joe coming downstairs and then Laura Dern turning and, and unblocking our view of, of Beth sitting at the kitchen table and then that being echoed after Beth dies. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful mirror there, that moment in the film. So I could, you know, like in terms of film, I think that the way she did it is is very powerful. And I mean, you know, let's give Quentin Tarantino his due. I mean, he's sort of the person that kind of created this idea of of kind of mixing up nonlinear and sort of mixing up, but also allowing it to comment on the film itself. I'm sure I'm sure Tarantino would tell you who he took that from, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that he borrowed it from someone else. I mean, not that it's original, but I mean, he no, really kind of brought it into the. That's what art does. Art yeah. borrows and steals. Yes. Sure, and. It, but he kind of brought it into the mainstream, and I think that you know sometimes it can be tricksy and not and be kind of show you know be more of a showy kind of show offy thing. But sometimes it can really work as a way to to comment and highlight you know the whatever you're trying to say in your story. You know, well the other thing that you that that it it's a problem that you can you can have where the audience is going to get ahead of you. First of all. This movie has been done, as we've said, many times before. Mm-hmm. So probably people going into it, yeah. if they don't know this, they've seen other versions of it. They've So to, to play it out exactly like you've seen it before would probably be a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but the other problem is uh, the audience is ahead of you on most of these things because you've got an old-timey story. What's going to happen? This seem, guy seems like a bit of a jerk. Well, we know where this is going. Yeah. Someone coughs onto uh, you know a, a <laughs> handkerchief and there's a little bit of blood. Yeah. We know where this is going. Sure. So the way you make it, we're not going to see where this is going is mix it all up. And like, oh, I don't know what scene is following next. Now you've got my interest mm-hmm. and I'm not just going, okay, waiting it out until we get to the yeah. here we go scene. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it it eliminates you know a, a problem that you have in a in a story that's been told before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she does a very very nice job with that. Uh, traditionally, we go through the movie and uh, and and we will do that now uh, because it is so 
uh, here, then there, then back, then over there, then, then this. Uh, it's going to be a little difficult. I'm going to be going through the Wikipedia, uh, because that's probably the easiest way of going about it. Okay. And we'll be trying to comment as we go. Sure, but sure. yeah, as, as you say, this one, this one is a bit more difficult because there will be a scene and then there'll be a scene that happened before and then there'll be a scene that happened after. And it's all kind of in the same scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're starting off. And again, I'm just going with Wikipedia. And if, you know, maybe someone, maybe someone got this wrong too. So, you know, just blame them. And, you know, we can always fix it afterwards. The year, David. Yes. Is. 1868. Oh, I'm a little bit off, aren't I? Oh, those 60s. Those crazy <laughs> 60s. Oh, yeah, that's uh, and, right. And uh, Joe's a teacher in New York City. Uh, and now we're seeing her uh, meeting with the, the editor. Yes, played by the same actor who plays Henry Ford II in Ford v. Ferrari. So that ah, was sort of, that was sort of funny a... that he's playing two kind of oh, he... roles as the dower. He's having an interesting boss. Oscar, yeah, uh, Oscar he, time. Good yeah, for him. Yeah. Uh, my, here's my problem with the, uh, I'm saying this like in it's scene one. I normally don't have a problem with trailers. Um, to me, I think most trailers don't spoil uh, the film uh, considerably. People know how to make a good trailer now for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, Unless they don't trust the material, in which case they will give you all the highlights. Okay? <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, in this case... The trailer for this movie did show her meeting with the editor and had her showing the negotiation uh, of, you know, how much she was going to get for it, which is kind of the end of the movie. And it, it bugged me because I went like, well, I know where this is going to go. Mm. Like, I know this is the guy she's going to be seeing like later on. Okay. And this was something I could get ahead of because of the trailer. So yeah. uh, this is my commentary on the trailer. Hey, knock it off. <laughs> Spoilers. Knock it off. Spoilers. All right. So anyway, I did not goes, see the trailer for this. She one. goes to the editor and the editor's name is Mr. Dashwood. Who, That's uh, right. It's from the old Blondie comic strip. What? Uh, no, really? not at all. No, Mr. Dashwood that's is Mr. from Dithers, uh, and that's right. Mr. Dashwood would be f- What's from, from uh, Sense and Sensibility because that's uh, the name of the Dashwood family or the, ah, the main character. See, now this is the stuff you can add <laughs> to this. And uh, and she's trying to sell some of her uh, stories and gives it a, gives it a read. As mm. a writer, I've related to that having someone read in front of you. That was like, oof, it's chilling. Uh, but he's a pretty, he he's a pretty good audience, though. He is. He is, and he realizes there's good stuff, and yeah, takes out the pen, is chopping huge scenes, mm. which is which is good, and also makes you feel like, oh, this is good too, because this movie can't go on too long now, because uh, uh, Greta Gerwig is doing a commentary off the top, going like, hey, you know what, a lot of stuff goes on too long, we're just going to get to the stuff, which then is, with the editing that she does, yeah. actually is the case. Yeah. She just gets to gets to every scene. I also like that the editor, uh, before he starts to read, turns and spits into nothingness. I don't know where he spits exactly, but which I just thought was amusing because that's sort of the reputation of Americans of that time period through British eyes was that they spat too much. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I just thought that was sort of an amusing little thing to throw in there. The idea that this public spitting, which doesn't really happen anymore. You don't go into people's office and they have a they have a spittoon by their desk to spit their cigar juice into. But in those days, they did. Yeah. Emptying spittoons. That was good business. <laughs> you know, if you, you you're getting it on the ground floor. When was a time in life when we weren't gross? <laughs> but uh, good on Joe. She does sell some sell some I, some 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 of her uh, her story. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but it's not doing it under her own name. No, very common at that time. Yeah. And also, Louisa May Alcott wrote under a pseudonym as well. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the pseudonym was like Markham or Barkham or something like that. Okay, that's something that we could look up. Uh, so uh, Joe's sister Amy is in Paris with their aunt March, mm. and uh, wonderfully played by Meryl Streep. Yes, just great. And her, her Meryl Streep always surprising you having another character in the bucket. 
Like you think like she must have gone through all of her <laughs> tricks, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, like this. I'd watch I'd watch this character for a while. Yeah. She's like, a real Maggie Smith in this movie. Yeah. But But she's not Maggie Smith. That's the thing. That no. could have been just a, a straight Maggie Smith, but yeah. Yeah. I just love and I love her makeup in it as well, because they pretty much make her face the same color as her hair. Ah. So she's just this like white ghost of a of a of a woman. And I like that she like, doesn't like being kissed. Oh, she's just, just like, the sour, like the sourest uh, sour puss you'd ever meet. Here. That's right. <laughs> so Amy's, uh, Amy's in Paris with her Aunt March. Sees a uh, childhood friend, Lori, and invites him to a party. Amy played by the wonderful Florence Pugh. Who was who, having a good couple uh, A great couple year. Of year. Yeah, yeah Lady right. Macbeth, fantastic. And then her, should have got an Oscar nomination for, for her role in uh, Midsommar. Midsommar. That's just so fantastic. And she's, she's going to be in the new uh, uh, Black Widow, so she's going to get an action figure, so she's going to get money for a long, long time. <laughs> good for her. So good on her. I mean, her acting in, in this film... I mean, she plays a pretty unpleasant character in this movie. Yeah. Amy. And she's up. And by the way, she is, again, she starts off, with, as you say, with Meryl Streep, where yeah. you could be blown off the screen, <laughs> yes. like immediately. But you're still, hey. Still hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. She's like up against everybody and like, boom. And apparently, boom. apparently did not train to be an actress. Just decided one day that she'd be an actress and went to an audition. You know, she didn't come out of school or anything to sort of. So she has this sort of very natural ability which is amazing how great she is she's her mouth actions are fantastic like her frown which if you want to see florence Pugh frown like she probably frowns a lot on lady Macbeth actually but midsommar she also just like there's this like the frowniest frown frowny movie of all time like she's just she just turns her whole mouth upside down in this really interesting <laughs> twisted yeah thing it's the opposite does. of smilesing or yeah she just gets this uh yeah it's just fantastic but this is the way she carries and, and her behavior like the thing and the other thing, when they go into the past, you know, there are all these actresses who are like 26 years old or, or older, and they're playing kids who are supposed to be 13, which is, yeah. is impossible to convey unless you hire actors who actually are 13, but they're just act, they're just playing young. Yeah, you basically have to hire someone who's got a sibling. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just like replace them with a sibling and then go that <laughs> but way. But they, they just do a great job with that too, of just playing Yeah, playing and they young. do it all without uh, Irishman CGI. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So anyway. Uh, so, but, uh, so she invites Laurie to the party. Laurie played by Timothy Chalamet. Does very nice. Yeah. It's again, very, he's having a great time as well. He's having a great couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Because of course he was in Lady Bird with Saoirse Ronan as well. The last, uh, Call Me By Your Your Name. name. He's very good in that. And Beautiful Boy. He's wonderful in that movie as well. Yeah. And he's got a beautiful name as well. Timothy Chalamet. I would eat at that restaurant. Timothy, because he has it's an E with an accent grave. Oui. Double E, yeah, that's good. No accenty goo for that. Guy. But it's wrong though, because he's a boy and he has a he has a feminine. You e on tell it. him that. I'm gonna write to him right now. Hey man. The, Dear Timothy Shaw. There are uh, there are girls named Joe in this. Oh, it's all crazy. <laughs> Short for Joseph. His name's Lo- Lori. Oh, it's all crazy with names that uh, you would think <laughs> would be the other. Yeah. So anyway, uh but uh Lori, uh he's uh, being a drunken uh, uh goon mm. at the at the party and and, uh, in those days, Lori was a was a boy's name. Oh well, you know things change. Yes, they do. Um, and uh, she's uh, she's mad, and who could blame her? She, he's he's been a real uh, jerk. Okay, now we're going to go to New York, and Joe is meeting uh, Frederick uh, Bayer, a professor who is infatuated with her. Yes, right. Uh, and he constructively criticizes her work. Yes. Now, how do you think about that scene? How that scene play out to you? Was he? Did you think that he was like uh, really giving her good information on there, or did you think he was uh, uh, negging her in in that? Thing? I don't think he was negging her. Um, I, I don't think he was wrong. I mean, basically, he's telling her to write Little Women, mm-hmm. you know. But I think 
She's not taking the notes well. I don't. Well, I don't think she's the sort of person who's going to take anyone's notes well. Right. Joe is pretty impetuous as a character. I would say also <laughs> she she did just uh, you know now are we going linear here? Did she come recently from the editor? Uh, is, is this still linearly? She's uh, she's she's seen the editor and now she's seeing this guy. Is that is that the way this is yeah, playing? Yeah, but I think because if so, mm. she just got a big note taking. From the big shot. Yeah. And so now she's coming to this other guy I think and he's it's going, a little, I have notes for you as well. Well, it, I can't tell It's a little while to, later, though, because she sees the play before she... Fair enough. Before, but as long as it's linear, she's got to take notes from the guy who's buying the and thing. And he, he gives her the books of Shakespeare. Yes. And then, you know, and he's giving her this, you know, like, at the very least, it's critical, but it's taking her seriously as a writer. Sure. You know, which is something that she probably has not had very much in her life. But the editor did as well, right? Like... He I mean, was pretty good. Well, but... though he was trying to get her to write, you know, basically the Marvel movies of the time. <laughs> like he was trying to get her to write yeah. the, you know, yeah. the, the things, the, the popular fiction. The other guy is going, get, go deeper mm-hmm. with what you are. And I guess I can see like, yeah, that's a, that's a better thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a compliment in there, even though she's not taking it well. I think, you know, she obviously regrets it afterwards because she says that, you know, her impetu- impetuosity destroyed a friendship. She feels like. You know, of course, he does come at the end of the movie to visit, but by that point, she thinks that she's was so rude to him that it's she's burnt her bridges. You know, right? Uh, <laughs> which is funny because again, well, we'll get to we'll get to why his appearance at the end is funny. Uh, so Joe uh, then gets a letter uh, saying that her younger sister Beth is sick. Yeah, has, has gotten uh, sicker, and uh, it's time she should return home. So, so there we go. Yes. So uh, then we're going to 1861. We're going seven years earlier. Concord, Massachusetts. Joe and her older sister Meg go to a party where Joe meets Laurie uh, for, for the, the first, first time. time. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the grandson of their neighbor, Mr. Lawrence. Yes. Played by Chris Cooper. He does a very good job. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know where this story was was going because I wasn't familiar with it. Me and, neither. And the people I was with as well were all worried about Mr. Lawrence being a creep they were worried that at some point mr lawrence because mr lawrence you know we'll get to we'll get to this but it's like uh kind of encouraging you know uh uh beth to come over and like you should you should I don't come, think this would be a book that's lasted through generations who knows? The characters i don't know you know i think there was i think there was creeps <laughs> also uh, i think there was creeps in the uh, 1800s yes there were but they weren't commonly in books there weren't creeps in books they weren't commonly in, in books for for young ladies okay i could see it as being a cautionary tale of just you know Heads up, or I could see it as being subtext that someone would throw in now yeah. of someone going, "Hey, come and check out to check out this thing." But anyway, uh, so she's. Being- I mean, there were creepy things that happened. Like I'm just thinking now of the the book Pamela, where the guy basically kidnaps Pamela and locks her in a room until she'll marry marry him. There's a lot of locking people in rooms. Yeah, not very. Not very yeah, great. if you were if you were a woman back in the day, uh, locked rooms were not your friend. <laughs> the Gothic novel. Yeah, don't get me started on Black uh, Bluebeard. But the thing is, is that women love those books. Like there's sure, sure, sure. There's the Jane Austen book Northanger Abbey, which is basically a parody of a Gothic novel with this girl who meets this fellow, and then she just goes to his house with this idea that she's going to be living a gothic novel and it, it just disappoints her at every step of the book it's quite good it's, it's a good little okay cool good little read so uh so yeah uh she meets uh she meets uh laurie for the first time very charming uh then we go to christmas morning and their mother uh who's called Ma- Mar- 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 marmy marnie Mar- or, or marmy really i i got marmy here oh, okay m-a-r-m-e-e or mother if you prefer yeah they're gonna sit down to a nice big breakfast but oh wait uh, Mom says, you know, there's a poor family. The Hummels. 
uh, down the uh, down the street, and uh, they're they're starving, and uh, we should give our breakfast to them. Yeah, and so oh, I know the girl. You can see their disappointment. Yeah, but. So they, they go there. They go to yeah, the yeah. And at this point, from this point, it's on, a wonderful scene. Well, here's the thing. It's it's the scene. It's the scene that makes you like the family. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you're uh, you're you know, you're kind of rooting for them because they're pro- the protagonists, and yeah. so you're on board with that. Sure. But this is the scene that you go, yeah, whatever happens, I like these folks. Yeah. Because you know they care about others. Yeah. And they, you know, get the. I just love them. I love them walking through the snow with their baskets of of food. And yes. It's just uh, wonderfully done. Uh, so they um, and and it is a really nice scene when they are giving the food to the family and it's very mm. very sweet and yeah. sitting with them and they're you know it's not like here's the food so long and <laughs> off they go they yeah. sit they sit with them yeah and, and take look after the kids and and everything yeah it's a lot of fun hold the baby and, and I just love how all these early scenes are just so noisy but not like it's not like a cacophony but it's just like everyone's talking everyone's talking over and. You know, over top of each other and interrupting each other. Yeah. And there's always a lot of movement and stuff like that. But what's interesting is that there's not, you don't get a sense of like, yeah, you don't get a sense of like, of it being like out of control or whatever, because the camera is very, is very staid. And it does, it does kind of mix into it a little bit and get into like the hubbub, but it never is like moving around. Like it's not, it's not. No, because that's not what they're trying it's to It's not get. handheld. It's not yeah. a steady cam. It's not like that kind of, you know, you know, shaky cam kind of thing where it's always moving around. You, you, you know, you just get a, you get a sense of like the excitement and, and the, the exuberance of this, these ebullient spirits of these young girls, you know, yeah. which is really wonderful. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not overwhelming at the same time. Yeah. Something I like, first of all, you, you get the, you like them because they're giving. That's, that's one thing. And it's mm. very sweet seeing them walk with the thing. But then how they give is also, uh, important because again they sit down with everybody yeah, yeah. and they all have a good time together and you can tell that there's a little bit of not wanting to accept charity there's embarrassment there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they kind of break that down like no 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 we're all eating together we're all eating together so and I don't know if they eat as well but they but they definitely sit with them and, and yeah. what have you and it actually uh, re- reminded me of uh, something that you do which okay. is uh, what 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 is what is it specifically called? It's called something to table. Uh, garden to table. Garden yeah. garden to table, which yeah. is something that you do where you you cook for people and that that you know uh, need a little help, and uh, then you, you sit and you eat with them, and it's a social yeah, thing. Together, and it's, yeah. It's a community thing, and that's, that's right. what that felt like as well. Mm-hmm. Was like this is we're neighbors. Yeah, community. It's not here's your food and bye bye. It's not a handout. That's it's right. It's not a handout. Yeah, that's it's right. A it's a shared just experience. Like, yeah, yeah, which was very, very sweet. And as they're walking, they're spotted by Mr. Lawrence, mm-hmm. who's looking at us, what's all this about? <laughs> what's going Mr. on? Mr. Nosy, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> uh, and you're like, well, okay. You think you think what's going to happen, Because and, and again, in most of these old-timey things, grumpy guy next door yeah. is going to go, you know, you're just encouraging the poor by by doing this. Mm. They got to da-da-da-da, but nope. Uh, they get back to their place, and there's a nice uh, breakfast for them that Mr. Lawrence has yeah. uh, sent, sent over. And it's like, well, now we like Mr. Lawrence. It mostly so. seems of desserts, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. And the girls are more than excited by it. And it's, um, yeah, I well, you know, I feel like some of our our readings of the past come from the present. And it's not always the most accurate reading of how people behaved in the past. Because, of course, the present wants to pump itself up. And so it's more than ready to condemn the past, mm-hmm. you know, but often it's an exaggerated view of, of a time. So when, think, when things happen like this, we're like, 
did people behave like that then? Well, of course they did. There are lots of nice people. Sure. You know. Well, I guess I also we also watch kind of television shows, which are watered down versions of of novels. So, like my my equivalent to this would be something like Little House on the Prairie. So, a Little House mm. on the Prairie uh, sure. would be would be something where like you've got the books, but then you also have to make a series every week. Yeah. So yeah. someone's got to be a jerk. Yeah. To you know to you know someone's not gonna not gonna like the one person in town who's different. So they all learn a lesson, or someone's gonna get sick and die, or we're gonna have to blind some kids, <laughs> you know, to fill time. Sure. So, I mean, and so you get the feeling like it's a dangerous. Kind of mean time, but there's general sweetness by the end, and everyone learns a lesson. Usually, when it's the TV version, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Christmas, yeah, lesson of the week where we've learned in this movie that we're going to cross the morals out. We're going to cross out that whole page of, of morals. The moral lessons get crossed out. We don't need those. Fair enough. So, just like the editor, yeah. I Remember mean, he crosses out that page. He just takes out the entire page of morals when Joe brings her book book in. It's like people don't want to be lectured to. And also, it's not this necessarily is after the, war. the good things that you do will yeah. not necessarily benefit you. In fact, uh, something that they do here, meeting this family and trying to help this family, is what uh, gets Beth sick. Yeah. You know, so if Beth had just minded her own business and been a, a meanie and just ate, eaten her breakfast, <laughs> uh, you know, Beth's living a long life and uh, everything's yeah. fine. But, yeah. So it's not that. It's not... Or do, if one of the other girls had gone who'd already had scarlet fever. Yes. Then Beth wouldn't be sick. So uh, they also get a letter from their father who's fighting the Civil War. So mm -hmm. they re read the letter. What a surprise uh, when the father showed up, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that. That was a very <laughs> nice surprise. Uh, well uh, well hidden who that actor was going to be. Because they did set it up like it was like, oh, who's this going to be? Oh, that's good. That's a good reveal. I like it. So Joe yeah. uh, visits uh, their Aunt March, who invites Joe to Europe with her. Well, basically says, if you do, if you continue to read to me, if you follow my will, yes. if you if you obey me in all things, yes. I will bring you to Europe. She wants to... It's basically a carrot at the end of the stick. Joe has a lot of people who want to control her in different ways. Oh, yeah. There's, That's for sure. Ev everyone wants to, everyone wants to rein Joe in mm -hmm. for, for their own purposes. Yep. And, and also, all of them, I would say, if you were to ask, uh, would feel that they're doing Joe a favor. They're trying to make Joe better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, trying to, well, I mean, I mean, Aunt March is not wrong. No one's wrong. Aunt, Aunt March is basically saying, you live in a world where you are very precariously situated. You are a woman in a time when women, for the most part, cannot work. Mm -hmm. There are a few acceptable jobs, teacher, right. nanny, you know, but they're not. They're She's not, seen a lot, yeah. And so, you know, either you marry well or you have a very hard life. And that's not wrong, you know. At the same time, Joe is also right in the fact that, I should think it's Amy who brings up brings up the fa the economic elements of marriage, what a woman loses in marriage. That's right, you know, and that's the reality as well. So yeah, it's um, there's a lot of realities. Yeah, uh, I just I think you know, but Anne March, of course, she says Anne March says, "Well, you haven't married." So well, I'm rich. That's because I'm rich. I don't that's need right. to marry. And Ooh. if I and if I and if she did marry, she would lose her fortune to her husband. She would not be in control of her money then. So what is the incentive for her to marry? Yeah, None. it'd be a swap of man for money. You know, and also, she doesn't like being kissed. So yeah, ugh, don't even know that. Um, so Lori uh, is uh, taking a Latin lesson. Yes, as you do, uh, and got to keep that dead language alive. And notices Amy standing outside. Uh, she uh, she she misbehaved in class and was hit by her teacher. Yes, she drew a, a parody of her teacher on her chalkboard. Yeah, in class, her little private slate that she carried around. As all kids carried around, as we know, strangely not in a bag, but wrapped in a belt. Mm -hmm. If we are to believe the drawings we saw when we were growing up, 
and the uh, and those slates were the Instagram of the day. I guess they were. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, she she was very upset by this. Uh, and uh, wonderfully acted again. Boy, yeah, oh boy. like just everyone's great. Yes, <laughs> everyone's just great. Uh, and uh, so she's invited in uh, before her uh, family comes to take her home. So, yeah. uh, so uh, Meg, Joe, Laurie, and uh, and John, Laurie's tutor, and uh, Meg's eventual husband go out one night. Uh, an angry and jealous uh, Amy uh, sees uh, Joe's writings. She's not. Well, she doesn't she see them. She, she wants, finds them. She, she finds them. them. She digs them up. <laughs> she looks everywhere. <laughs> finds them. Finally, finds them. Very. Where she found them in the last place she looked? I was surprised. <laughs> Excellent. A uh, joke as old as the uh, <laughs> as when when we are back then. And that she laughed. And uh, I, I like I like how they put it in Wikipedia. Yeah. And Amy burns Joe's writings, upsetting Joe. Yeah, not upsetting Joe. Yeah. It's this devastating Devast- thing. Yeah, devastating Joe. Yeah. This would be this would be like the third act in like uh, like a, another movie. This would yeah. be the thing that would be like it's uh, the inciting incident. And this it's interesting because the... it's so early on in the movie. Like yeah. we've already like. We love all these people. Yeah. Oh, we hate Amy now. <laughs> all Joe cares about is this writing. Yeah. And you burned her writing? You've yeah. Oh, man, are we've, you upset? We've already seen them performing Joe's plays, <laughs> which is a lot of fun watching the watching the yeah. the, the ladies perform and that that's I don't want I yeah, I don't want to spoil uh, Midsummer, but uh, that actress likes burning things. So there we go. Did you see Midsummer? Uh, I've seen enough of Midsummer. Oh, you didn't so see it all. Okay. I've seen uh, Midsummer. It's not really that scary. I, I got you. That's fine. Um, and again, we don't want to get too much into that one. But uh, but yeah, Amy tries. Then she she regrets what she's done. She yeah. knows she's gone too far. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no dice. Uh, Joe's like too upset. And and who can blame her? Like that was. Oh you know, no, that'd be terrible. I was fine. I was fine if like no one forgives Amy for the rest of the movie. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. Like I was trying to think, like if yeah. that had happened to me, oh, the end. Forget it. I love that Amy says I was trying to hurt you. Yes, and I knew that this was something you cared about. I just like that her candor is so amazing. That's what makes her character so great. Uh, yeah, I know she's she's like. I mean, the thing that the hard part of this scene, of course, is that it's it's Florence Pugh in her twenties doing this thing. Mm-hmm. The reality is she's like a thirteen-year-old girl doing this thing. Right. You know, which is a little different, right? Like, it's a little different when it's a child doing something destructive than when it's a, an adult doing it, you know? And so you kind of have to make that mental shift for that, for a scene like this that is not, not entirely, you know, I mean, obviously Amy's being a brat and a terrible, and a terrible person, but she isn't always a brat and a terrible person. She's a mixture of those things. And Joe can also, I'm sure, be a bit of a monster too. That's just the reality of being children. You know, right. we're often awful to each other. That's how we learn to not be awful to each other because people are awful to us and we go, I didn't enjoy that. I'm going to try to avoid these situations. <laughs> but yes. So Amy, of course, wants to be forgiven. Yep. Which Joe will not do. No. Will not do. No. Just the amount of time it would have taken her to write all that and you'll never get it back. No, it's impossible to rewrite something. Oh. If you've ever lost something that you've been writing, it's the most terrible threw, feeling. And this is stuff she threw her heart into. You, like, you know, you just cannot <sighs> duplicate it. You can't duplicate something that you've... Yeah, it's like burning part of your soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, Joe and Laurie go out uh, skating. Let me, say, let me just say, as someone ahead. whose brother recorded music over many years of sketch radio sketches and things that I'd written and produced with with friends, and then like you know extra things of dubbing things in and doing all kinds of effects and stuff like that, and then my brother taped over it to tape some some music. You know, I I, I feel for Joe. 
I understand like the the feeling of devastation of the loss of of something you created to have it destroyed. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Have I forgiven my brother? No. I'm not as he didn't fall through the ice. I don't need to forgive him. Oh, well, we're getting to it. All right. So, uh, yeah, Joe and Laurie are going on the ice, and we can we can see where this is going. Yeah. Well, he. Uh, I mean, it does, it's pretty much foreshadowed because he says, "Stay in, stay on the edges, because the middle is too thin." Oh, of course. There's. N- it, they should have a sign that just says "Danger Foreshadowing." <laughs> what are you going to do? Go on ice and not mm-hmm. fall through it? You know it's going to happen, but it's okay. It doesn't doesn't change the dramatic elements of the scene. You know, you're just like it's more. You're more dreading the moment when it happens yeah. rather than than thinking, oh, when is it going to happen? Have you ever fallen uh, through ice or anything? No, like I that? haven't. Have no, you? No. Uh, well, no, but it was. Well, yes, but it was like so. It was just up to waist. Oh, okay. Waist high. But it must have been very cold feeling. Like you know what? You're right. It yeah. was. Yeah. I don't think I'd enjoy <laughs> here's, it. Here's here's how it goes. You go uh, like again. It was only waist high, but it's still when it's waist high. Then mm. you've got to then kind of smash through ice to get back to the shore yeah, like you're still yeah. you're still kind of messed up there mm, it's not mm. great but yeah you fall through the ice you go waist high yeah uh and then there's the shock of not the cold there's the shock of you fell yeah so there's that okay. oh yeah. so you got an adrenaline burst and yeah. the first adrenaline burst goes ah and then you're like all right now i'm warm for the adrenaline burst yeah and you're like what's going on oh oh no and that's when soak <laughs> then you're as cold as as it, as, as as it, it can, can be, be. Yeah, yeah that's right wow and wow. i was yeah i was uh, alone uh, at the time and had to really kind of smash my way through to get to to, to where i was wow. and the the worst part was well maybe the worst part isn't but it was a it was a bit of a walk home yeah and, yeah uh, you know by the end you've got the uh, nice uh hard pants <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible yeah. yeah i mean i went could have been worse i went skating quite a bit on, on lakes when i was a kid yeah because in those days when the population was lower here in the lower mainland where we have few, fewer people we had more it was colder yeah and so we off the lakes would often freeze, and so my mom would always take us ice skating. And yeah, but I never had an yeah, accident. I, I, I grew times. up in Montreal, and so like things would freeze, and yeah, everyone weird. immediately out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that happen here that you fell through the ice? No, it was uh, it was in Greenfield Park, Quebec. Okay, yeah. okay. I say Montreal. It was thirty miles south. Okay, I'm being honest. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Joe expresses uh, guilt over what happened to Amy. Uh, and uh, they kind of, you know, get over, get over what they, they went get through. Over it, which uh, she uh, burned things and was punished by ice, water and ice. <laughs> uh, the opposite, ice, I mean, fire and ice, fire and ice. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Lawrence uh, invites uh, Beth over uh, to play piano in his house, like uh, doing doing the thing where you had to do at the time. You couldn't go. Hey, you want to come play piano at my house? Can't do that. So he's got to go. You know, it's going out of tune if no one plays it. Mm. And I'm just saying, you'd really be doing me a favor yeah. uh, by coming over. And uh, sure. but the thing is, uh, his daughter, uh, who had passed away, played the piano, mm-hmm. and her playing the piano reminds him of his daughter. That's another wonderful scene. Yeah, it's a very sweet scene. And then we see like him sitting on the stairs <laughs> listening. You know, it's uh, tearing it's up a little bit. It's channeling. As someone on the show may have teared up in the audience. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a softie for these movies. And uh, as the girls pointed out at the end. My daughters. And I know we're saying that it's Scarlet Fever, but I think it's the piano that just kills girls. Mm. You play the piano, what happens? Dead. <laughs> is that, is that two for works? two is what I say. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, his dead well, daughter. You... How'd she die? Same thing? Maybe it was the piano. If, they're the only ones that play it, and if, they're the only ones if that we die. take these two, the two examples, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's just math. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know things. So, uh, I guess, oh, it's girls you're saying. So, Frederick is okay at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, who else plays the piano? Frederick. How long does he play the piano for? Oh, is there like a time? 
Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the ring. Here. It's oh, like okay. it, it takes you a little while. Yeah. Like like she doesn't play the piano and immediately dong yeah, yeah. like go okay. down. Okay. It takes a while. Okay. It poisons you. Sure. Well he uh, learned he learned well enough to play quite well, so he's been playing for a while. The uh the ivory is from poisoned elephants. It's the- a long you'll find out about it in the later books. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now here's where Wikipedia is wrong. Okay. Wikipedia goes, in the present, and it's like, well, not the present, we're just there is yeah, no yeah. present. Sure. Uh, but anyway, in the present, Lori uh, visits Amy to apologize for his behavior at the party. And, uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, later he urges Amy not to marry Fred Vaughn, uh, who she's going to marry. Oh, I'm sorry. This is this is happening. Amy is, is, yeah. is painting in her studio. That's and correct. And Lori turns up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is where but, we get a wonderful scene, wants, I think. Wants, uh, wants uh, her to marry him instead. And, uh, and she's, she's always loved him. Yes. She has always loved him. So you think like, well, she's going to be like, yeah, but uh, no, not going to have this. That's right. He's teasing her. Because uh, she felt that she was, uh, she, her whole life she was playing second, second uh, fiddle, fiddle to, uh, to Joe. To Joe, to sure. Joe yeah. And uh, she will not uh, be that in, in marriage. Yeah. Uh, Can I just say. Very mature, by the way, uh, point of view, instead of just going. Amy is amazingly practical in this, in, in, as a character. Now. I mean, that's why she's there with Aunt March. Because unlike Joe, Amy played the game. Amy played the game and she got to go to Europe with her aunt. Whereas Joe resisted, you know. Is Amy uh, second, the second child, like age-wise, would you say? It's hard to tell. I think that Meg is actually the oldest in the, in the story. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Joe is not the oldest in, in the story. I think this is a thing with like large families. You have to figure out who you are and what you are. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Joe has her passions and she pursues her passions. Yeah. And people seem to support her passions and give her advice on her passions. Yeah. Uh, but Amy had to find her own way, as you're saying. And so she goes, how do things work? Mm. She like looks and sees what her position is in the family, who she is, what she is. She's not the star. Yeah. She's not, you know, she's not number one. What am I? Okay. And so she learns how how the family works, and she learns how life works, and she tries to make life work the best as she can, and is frustrated by the whole damn system. It feels like at every, at every turn. But she, but as you say, yeah. practical is a good way of uh, putting it. Well, now this film, but she's too much of a perfectionist. She can't like with her art. She will not, uh, even though she's she's good. She knows she's not great. She must be the greatest. And you might as well not be. You can't. Being really good, that's that's nonsense. Yeah. That's that's a waste of time unless you can be genius. Yeah. What am I doing here? It's interesting because yeah, there's a there's this isn't from the book, this is an extrapolation by by Greta Gerwig the in her adaptation. But there's a scene earlier in the film where she's painting in the park, obviously doing like a study with other people, and they're doing like kind of a almost like that uh uh, afternoon in the Park, a yes. famous painting by yeah. Renoir or one of those people. Which I, I did get to see like uh, in person oh. a couple of months ago. In Paris? Yes. I guess I've seen it too because I've been to the places you've been. And in, and in, in uh, yeah, you do follow me everywhere I go. Uh, <laughs> I just mean that when we were there, we also went to the same museums that you also. And in person, to. it is like especially. Big yeah, and interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so she's doing this painting and then she looks at the person next to her's painting and this person's painting in an, an, a style that we could call the impressionistic style so rather than the realistic painting that amy's doing this person has has simplified their painting to a uh, kind of a tonal painting with very simple shapes and stuff in it and she is and she realizes then that she is out of step with yeah. where paintings are going the reality is is that there are only two i think two imp- actual impressionists monet and renoir Everyone else are post-impressionists that kind of followed them, their lead. 
if I'm remembering the correct names. If I'm wrong, I don't care. But anyway, so there really, there wasn't like, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Like in terms of the movie, she is seeing like the sort of effects of this new, this new art. And so when Lori comes, she has this wonderful scene, I think, where she, yeah, she basically says, there's no point in me pursuing a career as an artist because I am not, I am out of step with, with what's happening now in art. And I cannot be, I cannot be great. I cannot be a genius, you know, and so there's just no point in me doing it. And yeah, so her, you know, because he's of course accusing her of marrying the ma- the man that she is, who's interested in her and who she is interested in. Yeah. In a that she is being, um, what's the word for that? Where you are doing something for um, mercenary reasons, I guess. Yeah, for sure. for money. She's marrying this person for money, for his money, and you know, in order that she and she says yes because I need to be able to support my family. I need to be able to... She's not wrong. She's not wrong. No, I mean, her... Who's her, it going to come down to? Joe? Yeah. No. I mean, she wants to be a writer. Yeah. Who's going who's gonna to keep the family going? Yeah, exactly. Of course, she doesn't see that Joe has a great success in the offing as the author. But who would know but that? that's exactly right, because that is like the biggest gamble of all time. The idea that you're going to create some sort of art that's going to make you, you know, it's going to make you world famous or make you into a sensation. I mean, it's possible, but it's also possible... And highly likely that you're just going to be okay. Yeah, you wonder if uh, if if she would have been okay making money as an artist. Like if she could be an artist and make enough money to support the family, would that have been okay? And just put a, put away the artistic, uh, you know, uh, artistic pursuits or uh, aspirations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because she seems to be okay with doing things for 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 money and the practical. Yeah. But it felt like when it came to love. Uh, you know, uh, going with uh, going with Laurie, yeah, she would be second, and that's a lot like you know in painting. Like if you're not a genius, yeah, then you're second. Then yeah. you're you know you're Saliari, who uh, it was not a true story, but it's uh, <laughs> she she couldn't be she couldn't be that. It yeah. was uh, no, it was interesting. Um, so uh, Amy's upset, you know, as I say, and uh, Amy turns down uh, Fred's proposal. Uh, but uh, this is yeah. After she has the conversation with Laurie, Laurie, yeah, and only to learn then that Laurie has left for London. Yes. So now you feel like oh, and I, I love when she tells Aunt March this. I love Meryl Streep's uh, response, like her face, facial expression, which is this one of I knew it. I knew this family would blow it. We're given this great opportunity to marry a man who we are told is wealthier than Laurie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the thing. Because otherwise, if she is just doing this for practical reasons, but yeah. the problem is she does love Laurie. She does love so Laurie. So she can't. She can't. In all uh, live conscience, with this yeah, yeah, fake love. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So now we're going back to the past. It's all in the past, Wikipedia. Uh, and Marmy, uh, <laughs> in terms of the story, though, it's uh, is informed uh, that their father is uh, is is in the war is now ill. Mm. Um, and while Marmy goes to visit the father, uh, Beth is given uh, the piano by mr lawrence and that's where she contact contracts uh scarlet fever well yeah. she doesn't contract her for getting the piano no she, she doesn't that's she, right she's, she's, she's she goes, seeing the family who has unlike a, the rest of her sisters family. beth goes to visit the hummels that's right she returns from there this is kind of quickly done but we what we understand is that she's gone to she's gone every time yeah to visit the hummels and none, her sisters none of her sisters have and so she has been the one who's been been doing everything for that family. She has the kindest heart, I would say, of the uh, yes, and that of, is why the, Mr. Lawrence recognizes that and and gifts her with the piano, yeah, which is there waiting for her when she returns. When she goes to thank Mr. Cooper, uh, Mr. Lawrence, or sorry, Mr. Lawrence, played by played by, played by Mr. Cooper. Cooper. When she goes to thank Mr. Lawrence for for this gift, he 
she hugs him and he notices that sh- she is hot to yeah. the touch. Then we know that she has contracted. Now, is that when, uh, could she go to the doc? Could they afford for her to go to the doctor? Or because he has found this out, he pays for the doctor uh, at that point? Or how, do, how would it have worked back then? Just say. Yeah, well, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it, it's possible they could have afforded to pay for the doctor. They're not okay. entirely broke. Right. They're not wealthy, but they're not Yeah, they're not I'm not indigent. really sure what it was like they're back then. They're above the Hummels and they're... Again, I, I'm going from... I'm sorry that yeah. I'm going from Little House on the Prairie Rules, where it felt like anytime <laughs> someone got, <laughs> okay, let's go see the doctor, and no, and the doctor was never like, oh, money for me, and like, oh, I don't know, we're, we're poor as church mice, but we can afford a doctor anytime we need one for... Our blind daughter and so many, so many more. Everyone's yeah. sick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how it worked back then with uh, with, with with doctors, but mm-hmm. it, to me, it felt like, oh, now that Mister Lawrence knows, she's going to get some good. She's going to get at least the best treatment that you could get for for scarlet fever. She's not going to be like the Hummels uh, yeah. in their in their in their house. Yeah. You know, uh, the Hummels in their hovel. Yeah. With their Hummel figurines. Uh, that's where they spend all their money on. That's the thing you don't that's realize. It's like they make good dough, but they love all those adorable <laughs> figurines. So anyway, uh. sorry sorry about the scarlet fever there, Beth. But uh, yes, she does. Uh, Amy uh, has not had the disease before, so she is sent off mm-hmm. uh, to be with Aunt March. Uh, Marmy comes home early uh, when Beth gets worse. But, and we think... This is this is where it's going, but then, like you say, there's the reveal scene there. It's Christmas time, and she recovers in time for Christmas, and it's a really nice uh, scene there. Uh, father returns home, yes, and we get the surprise of it's Bob Odenkirk. You're like, <laughs> well, this guy's doing everything these days. Yeah, it's really he just I don't know I don't know what it is. Obviously, he's a pleasant fellow, well liked, and Many- uh, all doors are open to him. Yeah, many years ago, uh, again, this is uh, tell a story of a person you've met. Um, <laughs> uh, many years ago, I was doing a sketch comedy festival, and our comedy troupe, which is uh, called Canadian Content at the time, was uh, was part of a show that had uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross in it. And and so we got to talk back. Well, we got to go for a nice lunch with him, and then got to talk backstage with him. And it was a point where he did not know where his career was going. Okay. Because, okay. you know, he'd had the fame from Mr. Show. Yeah. Uh, he directed a couple of movies like uh, You're Going to Prison. And there was another one I think he directed that both of them just tanked. And uh, it was like, huh. well, that's what I want to do. But yeah. what are you going to do? And no one's hiring me as an actor and, and what have you. And, uh, and yeah, it was like, well, we don't. And, and you know, we were giving him advice. Um, <laughs> I remember one friend of mine. Uh, was saying a thing about you know you know you guys can go on tour and he's like no I got a family and uh, my friend went well you know because uh, because he had just toured recently well Tommy Chong uh, tours with his family and then uh, David Cross went yeah Bob's not really a Tommy Chong type <laughs> no he's he's not he was a very straight laced fella mm. uh, who really loved his family and the whole thing was he wanted to be there with his family as much as possible so he yeah. had to figure something that would work for that yeah, but yeah. he wasn't really sure where his career was going hmm. so so as he became more successful with uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and all these other movies it's been very uh, very nice to see that yeah yeah. Uh, so every good. time I see him I'm like good for him <laughs> good for him good. turned uh, it around yeah. turned it around yeah nice everyone, everyone and he's a, he's a good actor good for him for also being a a, a good actor uh, yeah does a good job so then we go uh, so that was, we see a lovely Christmas scene and it's a really beautiful Christmas scene uh, then we go back to the present our our, you know, our present in the movie uh, and sadly, uh, Beth's condition worsens and she passes away. Yes. As you would, yeah. scarlet fever. 
Yeah. So in the film, you know, we are introduced to to Joe in New York, but she quick quickly returns home to her family home because Beth is ill. That's right. And that's kind of the the sort of overarching uh, worry in in throughout the film is it's Beth's illness because they like she has gone back to look after her sister, visit her sister. She takes her to the beach. Yes. In the hopes that there's a very nice, air, that's right. Very nice. Yeah. Nice scene there where they're sitting on the beach talking and Beth is saying, you know, that she's, she's made peace. With she's it. made peace with, with the fact that, you know, she may not live much longer. And Joe, of course, being Joe nope. cannot stand the idea that this is something that she cannot control and change through her force of will, you know? And, and yeah. So when she comes downstairs and, and her mother turns, Laura Dern turns and looks at her. And then we see that the seat that before when it was, and of course there's an interesting like change of color as well in the, in the cinematography through these sequences in the past, the film is warm and kind of has a, a glow to it. Yeah. And in the present, it's a bit bluer. It's a bit cooler feeling. And also the, the camera placement is much more, the scenes are done much more slower and a little more like, uh, stayed, you know, they're not quite, they're not so lively and jumpy and stuff like that. So you get like a kind of different feeling to the, to the, the present for them, to the, to their past. And yeah, so she comes into that kitchen, which was once this kind of glowing place of happiness. And there's her mom. Warmth and sad. Very cold. It's very cold feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting how they, how they Some, it. something. Cause there's like- two beach scenes in the film as well. There's a scene when they're young and Lori and, and the Lori's tutor. John, whatever his last name is, right? Meg's later, soon to, you know, soon to be Meg's husband. Yeah, you know. So we have that beach scene, and then that is mirrored by the beach scene of, of Beth and Joe by themselves visiting, and you know, with that sort of weird mid, you know, mid Victorian idea that the beach was a healthy place to go, and that you just need some sea air. Very common if you read Victorian novels that someone at some point in one of those novels will be sent to a, to a trip to one of the one beach resort in order for them to recover from some sort sure. of illness or whatever. Very common. And I guess it was felt that the sea air, you know, the salt in the sea air would make them better. Well, probably not wrong. I guess because the sea air smells so terrible because of all the seaweed. Huh. So anything that's terrible must be good for you, right? My feeling is, my feeling is uh, maybe. Uh, Dave with his anti-beach uh, sentiments every week. <laughs> even, uh, even the Joker. He wasn't even near the beach. I hate the beach so much. You son okay. of a beach. That's right. Uh, I feel like maybe, uh, you know, uh, people would be like yeah, surrounded by mildew or something in the house. There's something in the house that's making them a mess. So just uh, getting out of the house is good. Yeah. Get some air. Go to another place with mildew. <laughs> well, the beach doesn't have mildew. Uh, Seaweed doesn't have mildew on know, it. Staying in some, some hotel on the beach. Uh, you know, maybe. Uh, I also think that, uh, you know, you get your symbolism with the beach. Like, it feels like when she's talking about, I've made my peace with passing away. And you're mm. seeing, like, you know, the waves coming in and the waves going out. It's like, yeah. we get it. We see what it is. <laughs> you know, I, I, see, I see where you're going with this. I guess that's uh, that's fine. Yeah, but it's uh, it is it is. Sad. But what I liked what I liked about that it's because often in a movie uh, where it ends is what matters. You know, it's like this is this is you know oh you were happy but now you're sad and yeah. and you know they say that a story is comedy or tragedy depending on where you end it. So I always say I love that expression. It's from I first heard it from Robert Altman. He said there okay. are, there are no happy endings, just happy stopping places. Which is why I like in this that we don't stop. 
Yeah. You mix it all up. Yeah. And it's like the scene where she is happy at Christmas is just as valid as the scene is where she is sad because her, her sister yeah. has passed away. Yeah. Both are true. Yeah. Both are impactful. Sure. And so both are valid. It's not, hey, better not be happy because sadness is around the corner. <laughs> no, both are both are valid. Yeah. Both are real. Both are around the corner. Both are both are around. And yeah, more happiness is around the corner as well. That's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, that's a, that's how you get away from, you know, the flaw in traditional storytelling. Mix it all up. Mix it all up. Um, on Meg's wedding day, so we go to Meg's wedding day, uh, Joe yeah. is trying to convince her to so run we go away. To the, we go to the past. Don't, 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 don't marry. Uh, <laughs> but Meg, Meg, oh, Joe. Meg tells her she's happy getting married. Yeah. This is if, what she wants. Yeah. Unlike Joe, she wants a husband and a family. And she's willing to make the sacrifices to have those things. Joe wants the control that she has with her uh, characters and her writing. But and even is, her family. But that's what I mean. It's yeah. like, the, the, well, her family are her characters like later yeah, on. Yeah, that's... So it's like the way you can control them is like put yeah. them in your writing. Unless someone burns them. But that's the other thing. Never she, forget, she, Joe. She, she resents the idea of childhood ending as well because childhood, the end of childhood means change yeah. outside of her control. You know, So she feels like she's losing... She's losing her family, she says. She's losing Meg to a husband. She's losing uh, Amy to to Amy's pursuits. You know, she's you know. So it's it's uh, yes. It's a. I was I was. Uh, and again, Emma Watson playing Meg and doing a nice job in that for, as well. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. I liked. There's a scene in the film where she has to do a British accent as a character as, in one of the, Joe's plays, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was kind of funny her doing an doing an American accent, doing a British accent. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of fun. That sort of d- double layer there. And I just want to bring up a scene that's not Please. not in the Wikipedia page, but, but I love so much, which was the girls sitting in their attic. Uh, they have a club. Yes. And they're all smoking pipes. Yes. Not smoking them, but they all have pipes in their mouths. That's right, yeah. And and they're acting in sort of like these sort of characters, the sort of man- mannish characters, where they're stomping their feet to indicate agreement with things. And then they vote for Laurie to become a yeah, member of right. it. Yeah, that's right. And of course, some of them are opposed and some of them are for it. But but he's Joe, hiding actually. Joe, car- thing, Joe yeah. carries the vote, and Laurie comes tumbling out of the out of behind the. Uh, they have like a, a bunch of clothes on a, on a, a hanger, and he comes tumbling out, <laughs> and and oh, it's just it's just great. And then of course, I just love them clicking their pipes together as uh, to show agreement. You know, they're like yes, here, here, and Amy and and Beth both clink their pipes together. <laughs> it's just just a wonderful yeah. scene of just nonsense, but so great. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you. This is something they regularly play at. Yeah, yeah. played at it so much that it's just become yeah a thing. This is a great bit for them, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But anyway, yes, go on with uh, your description. No, please. And it, again, Wikipedia can only say so much. It's true, and, and, but uh, I do feel like sometimes they leave out the juicy fun parts. And you know what? You can always add it. It's fine. Huh. Um. So, uh, yeah, uh, Meg says she's happy getting married. Uh, Aunt March announces her trip to Europe. And the other... Th- oh, sorry, oh, I just want to... I don't want to interrupt, interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. No, please, please, please. Because the, the great thing about this scene of her getting married is we've already seen her suffering in her marriage because they're not well off. That's right. She has married a poor tutor who doesn't have a lot of opportunities in life. And so they're struggling. And there's a scene where she's at a store and her friend, who's obviously more well off than her, is telling her... That she simply should buy this, yeah, this, this cut of, of uh, yeah, this cut yeah. of cloth, and it's only fifty dollars. Which, when you think fifty dollars at that it's time infinite period, money, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money. And you know, her husband's already put off not getting a winter jacket because of their straitened circumstances, and here she is, you know. And so it's it's very it's it's interesting because you have 
those scenes of like kind of suffering and the misery of their marriage. And then it's, it's, then we see them getting married and the hope and, and the optimism of, of their future, you know. But we also get the fact that she also has said to her husband, well, I guess it comes later in the movie. But anyway, yeah, I just like, I love, that's why I kind of like the back and forth of the time, the time, because you get these sort of comments on the, on the, the, the past and on the present that work really well. I was just looking up uh, what the equivalent of purchasing power $50 would be okay. in that time period yeah. to now. Yeah. $50 is equivalent in purchasing power currently to $1,400. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Cloth is expensive then. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, so Joe is, uh, is, is thinking that uh, Aunt March is going to take her to Europe. Yeah. And this is going to be what she needs. Yes. You know, look, here we go. This is what, at this point, I'm going to, I'm, you know, uh, this would be good for her for her writing and everything. She'll well, this see. is, we are skipping a scene, aren't we? Okay, go ahead. Because isn't, isn't this where Laurie talks to her? Go ahead. Or is this later on in their description? Uh, Laurie admits uh, her his uh, feelings for Joe. Oh, okay. Okay, about? sorry. Go on then. Okay. Uh, Aunt March announces her uh, trip to Europe, but decides to take Amy instead of Joe, which... Joe has to kind of eat, yes. eat, it, eat it pretty much. Uh, but she does a good job of, of hiding her disappointment. Is this good for uh, Amy because Amy is now uh, is kind of being treated as like, you know, it's not March, playing second fig- fiddle to Joe? I guess. And then Aunt Marsh states to Amy that she is she is the only hope of the family to marry well. Yeah. Because Joe is obviously too independent. Too independent. She's not going to go along with this. We ne- You need to. You're the one. Who needs to save this family yep. by marrying well? And this is your opportunity to go to go to Europe, yep. meet a, a well-off European, most likely a British person, because that was pretty much a cross in that in those time period. In that time period, there's plenty of <clears throat> if any you know we've all seen Downton Abbey, so we know that Americans and British. Um, so yeah, so that that's the plan, and so that's why she yes, that's why she's going there. To her, she's going there to 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 study painting. To Anne March, she's going there to Me find a fella. husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we go to after after we see the wedding, and then after the wedding, uh, Lori kind of corners Joe and uh, pours out his heart to her, uh, saying how much he loves her, yeah, and that they should just be together. And she feels the same way about him. That's what he's saying to her. Yeah, and like, no, I don't. No, but you do, and you just got to give it a give it a shot. And like, no, no, I don't. No, but you do. And he's not really taking no for an answer until he does. And uh, he is uh, he is broken hearted, and it's a very difficult conversation to watch. It is a very difficult but conversation to watch. But it is an important one to have, and it is much better than uh, them getting married. Because oh boy, that would have been bad. It almost feels <laughs> like in a traditional in a traditional novel that isn't this unique novel. Uh, would would like a Joe and uh, a Lori end up getting together? Yes, in a traditional novel. And I feel like this is an example of where Louise, uh, Louisa May Alcott... Isn't that kind of interesting at that time period? Louisa May Alcott, Laura Ingers Wilder, Lucy Maud Montgomery, the three named writer, mm. female writer. But anyway... Do you think that's because... Do you think they called themselves that uh, in the books because there were so many people with the same name that like to to, to differentiate yourself three 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 uh, names it's makes poss- you makes you more unique it's possible it yeah. also sounds better sounds more impactful yeah than about three it, names. it could be that as well i mean there is different ways to go about it right there is people like george Eliot, who was a woman but okay. took a took a, 
uh, took it up, wrote it under male name. And nowadays you've got your S.E. Hintons and your J.K. Rowlings because we can't let people yeah. know they're ladies. Yeah. Because yeah. then some fellas won't read a book if they think it's a girl's <laughs> book. That that's that's the thing, yeah. George, yeah. And and then you had like Jane Austen who wrote as a woman. Oh, I didn't she did know not that. use she did not use her name. That was more because she her, she knew her family would be ashamed to know that they had a white writer as a daughter. There's a lot of people who could have cashed that check. Here's a check to a woman. <laughs> a woman. I'm a woman. Well, I can't say you're not. And there's your money. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 it's. But yeah, I feel like so. This is true okay. that that um, that Louisa May Alcott was was highly encouraged by her editor, not necessarily forced, but highly encouraged to marry off Joe in the story. Because that's what readers wanted, was the woman to marry the male protagonist. And I think that that's why she... But I think Alcott kind of perversely twisted that by having Joe spurn Laurie, who obviously, they are two peas of a, in a pod. And really, it would have made sense for those two characters to marry. Because they are so wonderfully alike, you know, and obviously do love each other. But, you know, instead, uh, Alcott has her marry... The professor who, in, and in this, in the original book, is not a young, not a young man of the, of a similar age. Okay. He's an, he's a much older man. He's a middle aged gentleman. So he is like a real, you know, in terms of Laurie, wealthy, handsome, fun Laurie. He is this serious, dour professor who she marries. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a thumbing her nose at her editor, I think. Right. Uh, you know, it is true. It's funny because there's a book by Anthony Trollope, an author I, I love a lot, called The Small House at Ellington. We, in our uh, other podcast, Sneaky Dragon, we do a segment called A Dollop of Trollope. Yes, this is this, this, this show's Dollop of Trollope. And in that book, it's quite interesting because, um, in that story, there is a, a, a young, a young woman who is loved by, um, I'm just trying to look for Lily. Yes, Lily is the name of the character in the story. I was just trying to think of the... And Lily is loved by this character named John, who she's known all her life. So, so she can never take him seriously. Mm. It's kind of like why I never got to go with a girl that I went to sc- elementary school with. Because they knew me at my worst. Of course, when we were in high school, what do they? how do they think of me? They think of me as dumb little Dave, who they've known their whole life. It's hard to be thought of as anything else. And then the story, her brother brings this f- gentleman a Colin come to visit the house and he falls in love with Lily because she is a wonderful character. But unfortunately he is a dog and he is enticed to, to, to jilt her because they are, they are, they are affianced. He asks her to marry him and she agrees. Then he jilts her to marry uh, a titled, to marry into a title family because he thinks this will help his career. It turns out to be a nightmare in every way. He is punished as much by doing this as Lily is heartbroken by his refusal, but when Johnny comes again to ask her, she ref- she ne- like so in the story she at, at the end of the story she is unmarried. Oh, okay. So she does not marry, and then and there's another book, the last, um, which was called the Last Chronicle of Barsetshire, which was the last book he wrote about these about this area and about these characters. Uh, Johnny Eames returns to ask for her hand, and she refuses him again, and it's sort of an interesting, very interesting character. And I just, I don't know why that Trollope got away with that. Maybe it was British, not American. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a male writer and wasn't required to do okay. that. Or maybe he was at the point in his career where he could take the hit of not having a character marry and disappointing his readership. And it was okay because he had plenty of books, plenty of fame. And, it, it, you know, he could 
he could fall back on his reputation. Whereas for Alcott, this was her first major work, not writing for children, not writing adventure stories. Uh, and so maybe, you know, it's better for her to make sure that all her ducks are in a row and there's, you know, nothing that people would object to as, ah, a woman left, you know, because she never married. Alcott never married. She was always a spinster. Oh, okay. And she, she complained in her life that, that, um, she felt that she was a man in a woman's body and that, cause she much appreciated women more than men. Okay. But she did have a romantic relationship with a man when she, when she herself visited Paris, when she, and it's felt that that man was the model for Laurie. Oh, okay. All right. So it's, you know, it's hard to know exactly what, uh, her, I think much of her concern was her concern of the fact that, cause she was a big, uh, proponent of women's rights. And she was also uh, an abolitionist. So, you know, her family were a, were for a while a station, a station house. They were station masters, they were, as they were called. That were people who took in uh, runaway slaves and hid them in their house on their way to, to places where they could be, they could escape from, from, oh, wow. from slavery. So her family were a part of that as well. Oh, so, great. yeah. Yeah. She had an interesting, and then there are also transcendentalists, which, was a kind of a very American religion, I think kind of based in romanticism, like someone like Rousseau, you know, writing about this kind of idea that man at his, at his most natural was pure, pure and naturally good. And so transcendentalism kind of took, took a bit of that, a bit of one of my favorite theologians, Friedrich Schleiermacher, what he had to do with it, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, they borrowed sort of things. And so this idea that, that humans in their natural state are good and it's just the things around us that make us bad. So our it, our badness is not inherent. It's environmental. It's an environmental thing. Okay. Which of course is nonsense. But okay, whatever. They that's what they believed. So that that's something that she believed as, as well. You know, it's a transcendentalist the idea that we could achieve goodness. So she was very self denying, and you know, and very uh, very strict. You know, and her father was very strict. Was very heavy handed. I guess you could say. And they all were taught by their father, except for the one sister. Her one sister was uh, educated in a public school. But for most of their life, they didn't have enough money. I think as a family, they moved 30 times. Oh, wow. Uh, because of their parents, oh, didn't, wow. they didn't have enough money to, to, even though, like, through, they all, then they, they knew a lot of, like, a lot of, they knew, like, Nathaniel Hawthorne. They knew, um, uh, they knew, um, Henry David Thoreau. So they knew like a lot of people. And in fact, I think Emerson lent the money so they could buy a house, which they later lost. But, but yeah, so they, yeah, they just uh, were kind of a, a interesting family. Yeah. And that's why she worked as a seamstress to, to support her family before she came an, became an author. So yeah, she kind of lived Joe's life in a, in a big way. So I mean, this, these stories are, and she lost a, a sister to, to illness as well. Okay. Her sister Elizabeth died. So Beth, yes. Yes, these sort of uh, are are also talking of mirrors. These are mirrored. Yeah. Her lives are mirrored in her story as well. Yeah, yeah. It's Sorry a, to go off the rails. No, there. no, that wasn't off the rails at all. That was very, uh, very well railed. Um, <laughs> so, I'm just thinking of a, yeah, her character of Joe as being her stand-in. Sure, which you know feels like uh, they do yeah. mix it up in this film as well, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. she is the author of the book Little yeah. Women, and then yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens at the end that uh, many people have been writing, uh, not writing, but doing like YouTube videos about. <laughs> What does the ending mean? Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. No, no. It's interesting. It's good. Um, (laughs) In the present, uh, Marmy reveals a devastated Amy uh, was returning home uh, with a sick uh, Aunt March. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, and Laurie is attending them because uh, Anne March is sick. Yes. So, so he has returned from London, we learn. So that's good news. Uh, Joe wonders uh, whether she was too uh, quick in turning Laurie down and is uh, writing writes him a letter, uh, a little yes. backslide. And that, that's something that this leaves out because there's this wonderful thing that they – as part of their club we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, a little uh, mailbox gives by a tree. Lori gives them all keys to a, a mailbox that he's made that he's put in a tree where they'll leave letters for each other. And so they all, all the sisters and he have keys to this mailbox. And so, yes. It's Joe, like a group email but yeah, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And so Joe writes this heartfelt letter saying, you know, how much she loves him and blah, blah, blah. And she puts it into this into this mailbox. So when he returns, he'll find it and... He'll know her feelings. Now, at this point, we're not supposed... Well, at least... Yeah, I, I think, like, we're supposed to feel this is a mistake on her part, right? This is not... She I don't know about that. Do you think she really does love him and should and, and wants to marry him? Or is this... Uh, she's at a low point and is grabbing for something that's a, that's a point of that's, security. That's possible, too. That's possible, too. But, I mean, why is he so bad for her? It's not why she's so bad for her, but she... It's not love. Like, because if it was love, mm. she wouldn't have rejected. See, this is where she's yeah. different to me than uh, Amy. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, you know, uh, when she's at her low point, she she reaches for the security. And go, no, that's good enough. I, I'll take good enough. Good and, and he's good enough. Yeah. And But when, when Amy's at her low point, yeah. she goes, no, good enough isn't. It's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a different direction before I, before I settle for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to go for silver. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 gold or it's gold sure. or garbage. I'll take either of those, well, but I won't take yeah. that because that's even that's even worse. Sure, and I mean, uh, her mother, Laura Dern, says to her, you know, that do you love him? Mm-hmm. And are, like, are you in love with him? Yeah, it's a different thing. It's, it's a different, like different thing, right? Different love. Yeah. you can love someone. Are as you a passionate friend. for this person? That's right. You can love someone as a friend. Yeah, and like enjoy spending time with them, which yeah. she clearly does. Yeah, but that's not the same as romantic lifetime love. Love. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That need to subsume yourself in another person, and that's she doesn't have that ability. There's all yeah. It's almost like uh, you you get a similar compromise off the top where she wants to be a writer, mm-hmm. and so she has the story that she cares about passionately and gives it to the editor, and the editor's okay. Chop 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 chop. Now you can think this editor knows what he's doing and yeah. this is for the best, but the other thing is she's compromising there and going well. It's better to have something published than not have something published, even though this isn't what I want. Yeah. This is good enough, uh, but I, I'm not going to put my real name on it. Sure. Because this isn't, I'm not, so that's okay. It's, it's, it's good enough. And, but, and she does that with her art. And then she does try to do kind of that with her life later on, too. Like, that'll be, that'll be fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll take his name. I'll, that'll be good enough. Let it's me, better than Let me nothing. defend her, though, because okay, she, is, she is the breadwinner. She's okay. the one getting money for the family. Sure. You know, so sure she could stand on her principles and her family suffer but that's not what she's doing she's not saying i should do this for money she's saying i should do this for love and she's no no no. i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm talking about her writing okay yeah yeah i'm talking sure sure at that point yeah yeah but no in this case no no i no no i i uh she's compromising her heart yeah yeah i mean i think in terms of the story that's that's what it is i think in terms of reality i think that they were like absolutely like two peas in a pod and and in a real in a real world that wasn't controlled by Louisa May Alcott, uh, they would have got along just fine. And po- but but in, okay. in Alcott's world, I'm going to ca- I'm going to counter that, going yes, they are similar. Yeah, and that's too not, similar. That's the thing. <laughs> Maybe it's too much. It's the uh, yeah, yeah. it's the that's Carrie possible. Fisher Paul Simon thing. Okay, you know, uh, you know, uh, no one wants to be the son. 
you know, this, uh, the, the plant needs the sun and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and no one wants to be the sun. They both want to be the thing that's growing yeah. and it's being strengthened and fed. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't think they would have, uh, worked out. Okay. Well, that's, that's possible. Right. So she's, she's gonna, okay, it doesn't matter. What's that? No, it does matter. Go, go for it. No, no, no. I was gonna spoil a little bit, but we'll get it, we'll get All into right. it near the end. All right. On the way back, uh, Amy tells Lori that she turned down Fred's proposal. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, so Lori, Lori and, uh, her kiss and later Mary on the, uh, on the journey home. Mm-hmm. Uh, returning home, Lori catches up with Joe and they agree to be friends. Yes. All right. And she also find, discovers that they've married. Yeah. And then she like, has to, ooh, go, uh, she has get, to go in quickly. Get that letter back from the, from the And there's mailbox. an owl there reading it going, hoo hoo. And I'm like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, nosy owl. How'd you get a key? Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not what I seem. Uh, the next day, uh, Joe begin, begins writing a novel based on the lives of her and her sisters. Uh, she sends the first chapters to Mr. Dashwood, who he don't get it. Yeah. He does not. This no is, dice. This is, this is not reality, but this is good Good storytelling. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we're going to get to what happens to that in a second. Uh, Bear, is that how would you say it? B-H-A-E-R, Bear, sure. yep. turns up at the March house on his way to California to teach. Yeah. So uh, see, he's looking looking quite handsome, looking quite nice. Good for him. Uh, cut back to New York and Mr. Dashwood's daughters. Oh, they just storm them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're begging to know how this story ends. We yeah. love it. Yeah. We love it, Papa. Uh, I'm like, oh, oh man, I got something here. Um, so uh, calls Joe in, uh, agrees to publish the book, but finds it unacceptable that the main character was unmarried. Yeah, at the end of the story. That's right. And they also have some uh, negotiation there. Uh, so, uh, so she amends uh, her ending so that the main character herself chases after Bear. And they do a full Hollywood yeah. in the rain, uh, running to the airport, uh, in the equivalent, uh, yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, uh, uh, Ger- Gerwig pulls out all the stops with that. Just like, sure. just, it's a point where it's just a parody level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and then she negotiates copyright and royalties. And the audience I was with cheered during that. It was like, <laughs> you guys really care about royalties, huh? We know Good where the money you. is. I mean, this is actually this is a big part of my yeah. life is negotiating royalties and, sure. and copyright and stuff and same thing with my wife. So to us it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure, wait, read that contract twice. Read, really well, read it. Let's be fair to this audience; they're the ones that are paying to see this movie, not at, not at home streaming it from a cam copy. And good for them. That's yeah. absolutely that's absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> maybe one for maybe one of them does have like a little camera in their pocket that they're uh. just like click. Remember that one? It was like, don't take cameras into the theater. Now everyone's got a camera in the theater. What are you going to do? Yeah. That horse is out of the barn. Forget it. Um, but yeah, uh, the, so, so that is a good scene. The copyright negotiation saying, you know, if I'm going to sell my character into servitude, at least yeah. I'm going to get a good price for it. Yeah. Which yeah. is a great line. And unfortunately, it's in the trailer. And it's like, don't put it in the trailer. I know why you're doing that. Uh, you're showing us, you know, this ain't your grandma's little women. <laughs> but, but, oh, it's such a good line. It's, 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 it's a shame that it was, it was there. I did not see the trailer for this film. So yeah. I missed all this. It's good. Uh, good for me. Later, uh, Joe has inherited Aunt March's house. And and uh, opened it, opens it as a school, which mm. is very sweet. Which is the subject of the next story, Little yeah. Men. Uh, Meg teaches acting, and Amy teaches art to the school children. Uh, Bear is also shown teaching children at the school. And John, did you say John was there as well? Uh, Bear? No, no, uh, John, uh, Meg's husband. Nope, I did not mention okay. that. Go for it. Oh, just he's seen, he's seen teaching there as well. So okay, cool. Good for them. 
Uh, Joe observes uh, the printers as they print her book uh, titled "That's a lot of fun." Little women. Now, someone was saying, and uh, I'm trying. I was trying to look this up, and I wasn't getting it right. Was was that the author of the book mm. on the book yeah. changes while she's watching the printing of the book? Okay. So it felt like it was going from, and it wasn't. It wasn't uh, uh, Louisa May yeah. Alcott. Okay. It was something else. Oh gosh! And this is where I'm like, I'm sorry about this. Uh, I wish I, I wish I'd uh, been able to find this video that was about. But it changes. And again, if I'm wrong about this, it's all on me. Don't blame Dave. Please send all hate mail to me. <laughs> but as she's watching, it changes. So it's almost like the reality changes. Of like now we're in reality, reality of what the book is, and she's. Like, because she's a character in the book, mm-hmm. and also by this point near the end, she's doing a happy ending for everybody. Like, and I know that's the case in the book as well. But like everything after the romantic ending of like chasing chasing him in the rain, yeah, is like now here's the happy ending that everyone would want for this. But then there's a little twist apparently at the end where she's in the book, but the book, you know, but then the author's name changes, but. Yeah. So does it? It doesn't. You said it doesn't change to Alcott, though. I don't think so. I'm gonna have to again. Uh, I'll look that up. I'll, I'll uh, and uh, and what have you. But look online and see like what does the ending of Little Women mean? Because there's some some stuff that happens at the end that's a little twisteroo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But it's a. Uh, but it is. Uh, I do like watching them make. I love all that. Sort oh, of... watching them put the book together yeah. is like oh, it's yeah. very exciting. Because as you know, I've talked about before. I ha- I have books printed approximately around that time period maybe a little later um this the main one being the the squirrel in a book by um frank stockton and what made that book so besides the fact that it was pretty enjoyable book what made it thrilling to read was that i it had never been read when i bought that book someone had read about 30 pages of it and no more Mm. and so the rest of the book was uncut so as i read it i had to cut every second page because the way that they made books in, at that time was they accordioned the paper together and then bound it and then did all the you know the leather leather binding and all that stuff and then uh, when you when a book was sold the person reading it had to have a pocket knife hmm. in order to cut every second would page because a, it was accordion. would they have a special knife just for books it feels like that would be a kind of they thing just they, have a small knife you in your pocket you just oh you a, would have a knife yeah, anyway yeah because you were living in the 19th century, you so you had to you had to be that's and you, right. You had to cut your cigar or whatever. Yeah, your Jack the Ripper was around. You had to like fight back. You had to fight back. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, makes exactly. sense. So yeah, so that was roving this, badgers. That was just a part of yeah. So so I remember like reading on the Sky Trade and having to have a, a a little pocket knife and I would cut the page. And I still have a um, a biography of Dickens that had the same thing. And I never finished it because I wanted to have those last pages mm-hmm. preserved with that uncut part. Cause it, it um, sometimes you'll buy books that are like made to mo- made to model like an old fashioned book. And they'll have like a kind of a, uh, you know, like a, a kind of a craggy element to the paper as if it's been torn or whatever. And that's to imi- imitate that cutting of the pages. Yeah. So it's, it was really fun to watch that being made. I, I enjoyed that a lot. There's a scene in the film, um, The Man Who Killed uh, Liberty Valance, the John Ford film. Yep. And there's a scene in there where the, the newspaper man shows how you would put together your, your copy and stuff like in, in the movie. And it's really kind of a fun scene to watch as well. It's just really curious, like, you know, all the individual letters that you're putting in t- to yeah. spell out words. And then you have all the letting in order to set it at the right space from the next line down and all this sort of thing. That's really kind of interesting. I went to a printing, uh, printing press where they printed up newspapers when I was a kid. It's part of a Cub Scout uh, tour. Okay. And, uh, oh, that was just fascinating. Yeah. Just the idea. Sure it was like, oh. 
And they gave us a little uh, uh, thing with our names on it that we could like stamp and then okay. uh, kept that forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, oh, it's great. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice to have like an old timey printing press. I'd be, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be down. I'd be down with that. Yeah. The hours you'd have to spend getting ready. But, yeah. Ah, it'd be fun though. It'd be like putting together a jigsaw <laughs> puzzle. And then you go like, wait a second. Did I spell that wrong? Would oh no, cool. wait, I've got to change everything. Oh no, I forgot the sentence. Oh no. Then have to go back. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, we're uh, we're of an age uh, that uh, that we remember typewriters. Yeah, and like writing, I worked on a typewriter. They, I worked on a manual typewriter. Same. Yeah, and uh, and and just the idea of like you know, oh, you made a mistake. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that whole page again. Here we go. That's why they invented and the hopefully paper. the whole page and not like pages and pages and pages. Yeah. And then you're like, oh boy, liquid paper. Yeah, this is great. Nothing's better than liquid paper. <laughs> I had the first electric uh, computer uh, word thing. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh that's fine. And spell check. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. That's, that's that's great. But, yeah, it's nice seeing the old-timey. No one knows how unpleasant it was in those days. No, it smelled good, though. Oh, that ink smelled so nice. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not that I was huffing it. It was fine. Yeah, this is part of the typing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you laugh, you cry, you, you really love these characters. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, yeah. So you're going to go and read the book mm-hmm. next. Are you going to watch any of the previous versions, your uh, Elizabeth Taylor's, I'd your like, uh, Catherine like to, Hepburn? I like to see the Catherine Hepburn one, yeah, because okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of Catherine Hepburn. So, And you're a big fan of uh, Turner Classic Movies, and uh, they play it on there. I, oh, do you have that anymore? I don't have that anymore. No. Oh, dear. They, okay. took it off of, they took it off of my uh, cable package. Well, then it's a trip to the independent DVD store for you. <laughs> I'm hoping... Well, I'll see what happens. Oh, you're going to get uh, a new cable package? Is that what you're saying? No, I canceled a bunch of my cable, actually. Oh. I canceled... Almost, almost all the channels that I had. Fair enough. Got rid of them all. All right. Because I was spending way too much money for my television. And you got to spend that money on seeing movies for this podcast. That's exactly right. Because that's the commitment you're going to give. That is the commitment. But by the way, if you want that's what the to, about. if you want to help Dave uh, to see movies, mm. uh, a good way of doing that is go to our Patreon. And uh, and uh, to do that, you go to Patreon and just enter Sneaky Dragon, and that comes up. And uh, and then yeah, you could uh, throw up. Throw a couple bucks, and uh, <laughs> then Dave gets to go to the movies, and maybe he'll have himself a nice popcorn. Was well, highly likely. And also, <laughs> yeah. if Dave or I get scarlet fever, yeah, it helps us to uh, have some aspirin and uh, get the fever down. And then we're in Canada, so we have health care. We're good. We'll get that covered. Well, you know what they're calling scarlet fever nowadays? What's that? Black Widow. Ah. It's coming out soon, so everyone's going to be getting scarlet fever. That's right. Starring. Scarjo, Scarlet Johansson. Well, also the the woman from this. Oh, uh, and also starring Florence Pugh. That's right. There you go. There you are. Who I think is this is a fantastic actress. Good. Good. Saoirse Ronan does a great job. Everyone does a great job. Good actors all around. Yeah, but I just feel like a character like Amy, you really got to work to make that character work. Yeah, I didn't recognize Chris Cooper at first. I was like, who is that guy? Oh, he's under so much. I didn't recognize him. Stuff and then it's like uh, there he is. A lot of facial hair. There he goes. Age of um, facial hair. And so uh, we would both recommend uh, go go catch this. You would like this to win the Academy Award for Best Picture? I would not. Uh, there's some films that I would not be upset. Do you feel it was a little bit uh, not a great thing that uh, that Greta Gerwig wasn't uh, nominated for Best uh, Director? Damn right. There's a lot of directing in this movie. There's a lot of direction. Yeah. There's, a, even... uh, there's a real strong take. Uh, on on this on this film that makes it uh, different from any other Little Women you've seen, yeah, and it's uh, it's got yeah. it's definitely got its own stamp. It's got a real it. vision, and yeah. you know she's really brought a lot lot to this uh, film. I I think she's it's the first time the Academy Awards have ever gotten anything wrong. <laughs> I 
think I think there's a I, I don't even know did she even get for a best adapted screenplay did this film get nominated for that that's a very good question I don't know I don't that's not a that's not a category I'd automatically go to look at but it's um yeah it's a little bit okay I'll tell you what it's uh, nominated for okay it's nominated for best picture okay it's nominated for best actress I'm not sure for for which actress uh best supporting Sushi actress Lennon, think, yeah. uh probably Florence yeah Pink. it would have to be uh and best adapted screenplay oh good I'm glad because it if the Academy isn't nominating her for, for that, I mean, this is the, the, cause you know, you kind of then feel you sometimes. Throw up your hands and just go. Well, you feel like their assumption is, oh, this movie's been done before. It's the same as other movies. They don't understand like what she did, like the differences in her adaptation to make it as successful. How I feel as successful as it is. Admittedly, I've not read the book. Admittedly, I've not seen other versions of it. So I really am talking through my hat. But what the heck? That's what my hat's for. I yeah. don't like wearing them. My hair's too thick. And his hat is on his ass. So he's also talking out of his ass. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Um, everyone. Go, We'd like go to see know, this and then, yeah. and, then, and then read the book and then read Little Men and then read <laughs> Joe's, Joe's Boys, Boys yeah. and then read uh, Joe's Grab Bag or whatever that's called. Remember huh? that one? No, Joe's grab bag. Let me let me just see what uh, do your do your business. Do my due diligence and uh, do your due diligence. And you know what? So. Frankly, I'm going to just say it right now. Yeah, uh, Aunt Joe's scrap bag uh, was 66 short stories and six, oh, okay. six volumes. Okay, uh, I don't know if I'll be reading that. But everyone, let us know what you think of this film. I'm really curious to for, uh, hear your thoughts on this fabulous movie. And you may do that by writing to us at our website, sneakydragon.com. This show will be posted there. Underneath this episode, you will find our comments section. And you can leave a comment there for us to read and let us know your opinion of these things. You can also contact us via email. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website, or sorry, our Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon. You can talk to us there, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Sneaky D under, sorry, Sneaky underscore Dragon. I'm rushing for some reason. And also, if you feel like leaving a snail mail or sending a snail mail, I don't know why you'd want to do that. You're welcome to, we have a little box set up and a gold key that we will send to you and you may leave it there for us. Uh, if you go to the contact us page on the website, you will find our, our uh, mailing address there. And you're welcome to send us mail. If yeah, you, we, if you'd we, like. we really enjoy uh, hearing it. Sorry, we don't respond uh, to it uh, directly on here, but sometimes we'll uh, respond to it on Sneaky Dragon or, uh, you yeah. know, we will respond to you on the actual uh, website, probably more, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Please write. All right, everyone. So we're so alone. <laughs> Even together, we're alone. That's right. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of, of uh, The Fan Spainers. We will be back in a couple weeks with another film. We're not going to tell you which film. No. Nope. But there are things that are, it's going to start hopping pretty soon. Hopping and bopping. So we're going to have some fun stuff to talk about. And uh, in the meantime, Dave's going to go over and play the piano in the other room. And I'm going to remember uh, the podcast host that I had on this show before Dave was here. <laughs> and just I'll sit on the steps Did and they I'll also just play, go. He also played piano. Yeah. Yep. Just so you know, I only know chopsticks. And by the way, we never wash the piano and it's covered in scarlet fever. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, but please don't wash your hands. Since you're quite rude. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. So, who does she marry?